Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa F, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all probably brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Kelly Bidlin is here as well, producer number nine. So much more than a producer. It's always uh, fun when uh, Kelly shouts out right before the show, I need 30 more minutes. <laughs> That's doable, right? We can just push this sure, back? Sure, sure. We'll just take your time. We'll, we'll come back in 30 minutes, no problem. Uh, who did we have asked you to start over uh, guessing lines Oh, yesterday? Las Vegas Chris, yeah, 30 we'll minutes in. Thing. We'll hey. start that show over, hey. and then we'll just we'll, we'll catch up in 30 minutes. He's like, hey, I overslept. Could you guys start over again? Um, well, this is a really good show today. First of all, a couple baseball, because a couple baseball guests, Paul Sporer, of course, and Mark Borchard talking all things baseball. We've got to have a little baseball heat check here. Home stretch. Are there races, really? Do we have races? I think we only have two, really, now. And they're both in the National League, one for the National League East and uh, one for the final wild card. Not sure we have any race in the American League. We'll talk about awards as well with Paul Spore and Mark Borchard. And then, Kelly, here's the thing. 45 minutes from now, Michael Craig will join us from Right Angle Sports. Now, in a numbers game before, we have moved markets with Carl Sack, who has come in from Dr. Bob Sports. He gave a NBA playoff pick, and we all watch the markets move in front of us. Well, with Right Angle Sports, this is a process. So Michael Craig's going to join us in about 45 minutes, and I'm just going to alert you guys sort of every 15 minutes on this. What we're going to do is it's a bit of a process. Adam Chernoff has done a great job of this over at Covers, but we're going to announce a game. Michael's going to give us a game. You're going to put the game, if you want to bet these, you're going to put it in your bet slip. You're not going to bet it yet, though. You're going to put it in your bet slip, and then he's going to give us either a go or cancel. We'll give you some time to put it in your bet slip, and then he's going to either say go or cancel. If he says cancel, then we're going to give another bet. And that's the, that process is to keep the sports books honest, quite frankly. But if he says go, then it's a go and you bet it. And it will be a college football side or total. We don't know yet what it is. But that's going to be the process, and then we will all watch the global markets move. That will happen here in about 45 minutes. But first, Kelly, I, I thought week one drama would be over. Oh, oh, no. Nope, not by far. The Denver Broncos lose to the Seattle Seahawks 17-16. to Seahawks cashes plus 210. Moneyline dogs. More survivor carnage. 56.25% now of all entries gone from Circus Survivor. In one week of football. It's phenomenal. We'll do Survivor Talk later, yes? Oh, yeah, we will. 
All right, we'll do Survivor Talk. We'll, we'll, Bloodbath. Oh, I love it. 56%. 56.2. Thanks for your money. See you next year. <laughs> Someone was saying those are the most expensive hats ever. Um, by the way, I took the T-shirt. I opted for a T-shirt, not a hat. I don't know if people knew they had that option, but I did. Well, if you remember uh, my story yesterday, ooh. we didn't really have much of an option with 18 <laughs> minutes right. remaining on the clock. <laughs> so you and Matt Brown, a dynamic duo. <laughs> I think Benson threw a couple hats at us. It was like, get out of here. Batman and Robin <laughs> heading in to get their, their, uh, their entry, entry signed up. Parkouring through Circa, stiff-arming people out of the way. All We're right. going to sign up. Costanza. Women and children beware. All right, so th- listen, let's just go through this. We always are guessing lines. We do recaps. I didn't think we'd do a recap this morning, but real, real briefly, Russell Wilson in his debut with the Broncos, 29 of 42 for 340, one touchdown, no pick, sacked twice. Jerry Judy is number one man, four for 102 and a touchdown. The Broncos outgained the Seahawks, 433 to 253, but the Broncos had 12 penalties for 106 yards. Huh. It's almost like you should probably play your guys during preseason. Yeah. No touchdowns and four red zone opportunities for the Broncos. That's the first time that's happened in the NFL for any team since week four of 2017. And then for the Seahawks, Geno Smith, who Jason Weingarten has a 751 ticket on to win MVP. (laughs) I should point that out. Smith, 23 of 28 for 195. Two touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice. Let's hold the thought on Geno. I've got something to say. So it's 17 to 13 at the half in favor of the Seahawks. Opening drive, second half, nearly halfway through the third quarter. Fourth and goal at the Seattle one, Kelly. Melvin Gordon hit by Quandre Diggs. Mike Jackson recovers. I'm not sure the fumble mattered, by the way. Not sure he'd have been over anyway. But the one thing I think we can all agree on, you got to go shotgun there for sure. Oh, you just have to. Oh, it kills me. How it many, kills me. How many times in the history of this show have we talked about this where we're just like, why, why? you're at the doorstep. We, we don't sneak anymore? Don't sneak. Nobody sneaks. I believe that was the old uh, No Doubt song. Don't sneak, right? Drives me nuts. I was texting you last night. We invent this brand new play, Gil. <laughs> Quarterback goes under center. Yeah. Snaps the ball. And pushes forward. And then just pushes forward. Or in some cases, falls forward. I'm telling you, man. I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. Six plays later, DK Metcalf strip. Denver's back in business. Six plays after that. 3.08 left in the third quarter. What do you know? Denver with a third and goal at the Seattle one again. Javante Williams hit by Uchenna Nwosu. Fumbles. Mike Jackson recovers it again. And again, I just think the point we can all agree on, you absolutely just have to go shotgun there. They did it twice. Twice. Oh, God. Oh, boy. So painful. You were sitting there with a live Seahawks money line ticket, right? Yes, I was. I, I'm laying six, and I'm just... I, it's one of those games when you're, as an NFL better, you're just like, this is betting the NFL. This, this is betting the NFL. <laughs> By the way, this, I'm 2-0 and with Femi and, uh, with Femi and Wes doing live oh, betting live ones? Yeah. On, the live, on the live bet tonight show. And uh, it's the Buffalo one last week, I never, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter if Buffalo fumbled, you know, with turn it over three times. This is still a great bet and it turned out to be a great bet. This one was just pure blind luck. Like that, it got home. So, it's crazy. Like just watching that whole second half, and I know you're still going through it, but then we just look at the box score and like points scored, you know, the points scored by quarter. Yeah. It's like three points. Three points is all Denver got in the second half. They dominated the second half. Let's go to the fourth quarter. Denver, first and goal at the Seattle three with 633 left in the ballgame. This shouldn't be forgotten. Wilson, Eric Tomlinson in the corners. In the corner, rather, officials convene. Incomplete. Correct call, by the way. Tomlinson had a toe. A toe on the chalk. 
Second and goal at the three, a false start, and it looked like Denver could just have strolled it into the end zone. They have to settle for a chip shot field goal, 17-16. to 16. Then a three and out for Seattle, insured by a Bradley Chubb sack on third down. It's first and 10 for Denver at their own 22 with 4.02 left. And this is where the shenanigans begin. All they need, remember, is a field goal to win this game. Denver strolls downfield. I think we need to start this discussion well before well before the decision to kick the field goal from Brandon McManus. Well before that. Because with 321 left, Denver has a third and five at their own 27. And I remember texting you, Kelly, at that moment. I was like, I can't wait to see what they decide to do if they don't gain a yard here with a full allotment of timeouts down one. But remember, that was the play where they got exactly five yards on that Wilson to uh, Albert Okabunam uh, pass that Carroll challenged the spot on but failed on. Yeah, Pete Carroll, great history. I texted you this too. One of five, I think it was one of five games I saw this week where the yellow line looked a solid half yard off of what the, where the actual chains were. Yeah. Where I'm like, I know they always warn us about it, but. Like, it takes one look for me to say that yellow line is so much further upfield from where he was trying to get to. I actually rewound to see where the original first and ten was from, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no way they're winning yeah. that challenge. Okay, so then, so so that was the first thing where it's like, oh, they're just kind of lollygagging up the field. Then Denver was very content to just let the clock go down to the two-minute warning with the ball still at their own 40 and facing a third and two. Do you remember that part, too? It's third and two at your own 40. There's no guarantee you're matriculating this. Yep. And they're like, yeah, we'll just let it run down to the two-minute warning. No big deal. Okay. Uh, that was odd. And then they do convert it, though, right? First and 10. So so, here, and here's the moment in sequel. Here's the, here's the big moment. They yeah, still had three timeouts, though, when they, they ran They still have three timeouts. Right? So I'm okay with that one, right? Because it's, it's just you're still yeah, playing. But it, but it was a lot of time. Yeah. It was like 30 more seconds that people aren't even talking about. It's like, okay, that well, was interesting. And, and, and to your point, the one thing, you know, if you watch that entire game, how many times did Bron- the Broncos have trouble either getting the snap off in time or they were right at that one, one second or zero second left on the play if clock? If only where there was a preseason to actually practice these things. Yeah. So they do convert it though, right? So then it, that, that two minute warning. So then it's first and 10 at the Denver 49 with 124 left. You have all your timeouts. Javante Williams, four yard loss. If you remember Cody Barton on the tackle, uh, Daryl Taylor, who ended up getting hurt on the play. He timed the snap to perfection. I actually rewound it. Cause I was like, was he offside? He was not. He timed it to perfection. So then it's second and 14 after the incomplete pass that no one watching could see in real time. Remember where it like fell to the ground and Russell Williams was all of a sudden running and you had to see the replay. Like, Wait, what happened? Totally thought it was Russell Wilson running with the ball. So then it's Denver third and 14 at their own 45. This is the moment Denver third and 14 at their own 45 with one eleven left. And it's a nine yard pass completion to Javante Williams. Denver still has all their timeouts. Now, I think this is the part that, that no one is talking about. We talk about this on this show all the time. The fact that it was a nine-yard pickup goes underrated. Because if it's a one-yard pickup, right, they obviously have to go for it because it's well out of field, any possible human field goal range. If they get 13 of those 14 yards, they probably go for it because you only have one yard. Although I should, probably shouldn't assume that, but you get what I'm saying. But because it was nine and it ends up being fourth and five, there's this little conundrum happening inside Nathaniel Hackett's head. They just let the clock roll. Fourth and five of the Denver 46. At this point, I'm texting you, Kelly. Before Bucker Cakeman say anything about it, I'm texting you. I'm like, what do you do here? I said, it's a 63-yarder. What's a higher percentage, converting this or kicking it? Clock goes all the way down to 20. Denver doesn't seem to know what the heck to do. By the way, uh, the reason I asked Kelly this is because 
I've always said this about win probability in the NFL. Nobody knows. We know it in baseball because it's mechanical, right? First and third, two outs, sixth inning, you're down three runs. Hundreds of years of data. But here's Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. He had it as a pass going for it, 36.1% win probability. Field goal, just 7.4% win probability. Complete insanity. But not over at ESPN. ESPN said Denver has a 30% win probability on a field goal attempt, 29% chance to win by going for it. Close to a coin toss. So that's why I say to you, Kelly, nobody knows in football. Uh, and and, I know and you, intuitively, I know you liked the kick. Intuitively, I say it's somewhere in between. Yeah, it, me too. Because I didn't hate, I'm a guy who's on the Broncos. I didn't hate the kick, right? But at the same time, it feels dirty having Russell Wilson come off the field with fourth and five, knowing that's all he needs to pick up to, to give you a much more secure field goal attempt. I'm not done with this, Kelly. I got more to say after the break. I know we got Paul Spore coming up, but I'm not done. We'll pick it up momentarily. Nathaniel Hackett's debut game. Oh, boy. Carnage and Survivor. Coming back on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. With your state-issued ID to open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you are going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander. Kelly Bidlin here as well. By the way, uh, Jamal Adams, uh, Seahawks safety, was carted off in the second quarter of uh, last night's 17-16 win over the Broncos. Uh, Pete Carroll now calling it a serious injury to his left quadriceps tendon. We are uh, waiting to hear how long Jamal will be out for. And then Dak Prescott, uh, big news this morning. Remember, he had surgery on his right thumb yesterday. Um, sources continue to believe, though, that he will that could continue to, to believe, I should say, that he would miss six to eight weeks going through rehab. 
But this morning, breaking news, the Cowboys are like, yeah, we're not putting him on IR. Jerry says, hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Uh, this was uh, from his weekly radio spot on 105.3. The fan quote, we want him to be in consideration for playing within the next four games. We feel better about it than we did Sunday night. Will not place Dak Prescott on IR. Will not place him on IR. Could be back in four weeks, Jerry said. We'll see. Still got surgery. <laughs> Still had the surgery. Still had surgery. Maybe he has a super thumb. I can confirm that. Still had surgery. Dak Prescott, super thumb. Or whatever finger it was. And then uh, let's another report I saw this morning. Cowboys have no trade in the works for a veteran quarterback. That according to Jerry Jones on the radio show as well. But are open to every possibility, I thought, at the same time. But no trade in the works currently. No trade in the works. All right. Yeah. And Steelers TJ Watt, Steelers star TJ Watt, uh, still gathering additional opinions. I love that. The gathering of opinions. Uh, but the belief is that his pectoral tear will not require surgery now and is not a season ender. According to uh, Ian Rappaport, his exact return date depends on the healing process, but could be before the end of October. So that could be good news given the situation for the Steelers. Back to this game last night, though, because I ain't done. Again, just just to the, yeah, to the ending part of that. That whole last drive was odd. They just kind of lollygagged again before the two-minute warning. They were just chilling. It's third and two at your own 40, and you're just, ah, we'll just let it run down to the two-minute warning. No big deal. Um, and then... Again, the moment in question, because it was a nine-yard play on third down, it created this odd fourth and five, fourth and five from the Denver 46 with 111 left. They have all their timeouts, and I immediately text Kelly. I'm like, hey, what's the higher win percentage here? You go for it, or you kick this 63-yarder. They ended up calling it a 64-yarder from Brandon McManus. And we already showed last segment again. ESPN had it as a 30% win probability on the field goal. That seems way high. And then Aaron Schatz had it as only a 7% win probability on the field goal. To me, that's a little low, a little low. I get it. It would tie for the second longest field goal in NFL history. But I, I would think it's somewhere intuitively in between. But the point is, is that I don't buy any of these win probabilities in football because there's too many moving parts. It's not baseball. So... What is the, I mean, the thing I think we can all agree on here, by the way, what ends up happening is that Hackett lets it go down to 20%, it, to 20 seconds. It should be noted that your win probability changes if you do it at 50 seconds or at 20 seconds. Sure, yeah. Like, I mean, that's also part of this calculus. And so it goes down to 20 seconds. The Broncos call timeout. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, the Broncos call timeout, I guess, to talk it over. And then Pete Carroll just to make sure Nathaniel Hackett doesn't want to reconsider, doesn't want to reconsider. Pete Carroll, in all his wisdom, is like, why don't I call a timeout? Maybe they should have a second opinion about kicking this field goal. Anyway, just botched on both ends. The 64-yarder from Brandon McManus probably has the leg. It's always tough to tell when you see it because where it lands. That, I'm glad you you phrased it that way. I don't know if it had the there leg. Was, I feel like yeah. everybody on Twitter was like, well, it was good. Yeah, I don't it know had the about distance. That. And I'm like, I mean, I think it did. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It goes wide left by just a skosh. Good from 59 or 60, sure. Good from 64, I'm not so sure. It's hard to tell with that stuff. But, you want to hear Russ about it after the game? Talking about it well, after the game? Yeah, this was corny to me. This this didn't feel right either. Like, he was way too happy for me. What did he say? Yeah, yeah. Let's here, go to Russell Here he is on the field goal. 
said, you know, where can you make it from tonight? And he said, 46 left hash. I think we were on the 46, right? 46 left hash. That was before the drive. And we got it. We got it there. Unfortunately, it didn't go in. Um, I think he has a leg for it, for sure. Um, you know, just went a little left, I believe. And just, um, you know, in, in terms of, I believe in Coach Hackett. I believe in what we're doing. Um, you know, and believe in everything. And, uh, you know, I, anytime you can try to find a way to make a play on fourth and five, that, that's great too. But also, we, I think we, I think, I don't think it was the wrong decision. You know, I think he can make it. Obviously, we, in hindsight, you know, we didn't make it, but uh, if we were in that situation again, I wouldn't doubt whatever he decided. Well, you know, I just wish he wouldn't smile through that. That's just a personal thing for me. Like, I just feel like he should be a little more upset about it. Yeah. And uh, you're right. There were other moments of his press conference. He was very, he was very giddy. He's a, he's a, he's an interesting one. Uh, by the way, sharply dressed, though. wearing a tuxedo. That, al- that also lent to my being a little put off by the whole thing. I was like, oh, you're going out tonight? Yeah, like, like, do you have a Seahawks ceremony to attend <laughs> after this or something? So here's again, just like with the shotgun being ridiculous at the doorstep of the end zone. Here's the one thing I think we all can agree on, and they made this point very quickly. Troy Aikman did last night, which is the main point. First of all, to what Russell Wilson just said. Well, I mean, if your kicker says he can make it, you got to trust your kicker. I mean, come on. Like, what kicker is going to be like, yeah, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can make that. So, you got Russell Wilson for a reason, right? You paid him all this money. You made this massive trade. Shouldn't that be the decider? Period. End of story. I mean, that was, as you and I were exchanging texts on, like, should they kick it? Should they not kick it? I just sat there with that feeling. Yes. Right? It, it's the, I have money on this game. Like, and of course, at that point, it's out the window as far as laying the points. But you're like, I have money on this game. I like, this is what you brought Russell Wilson in here yes. for, right? Like, what, what are we doing? We're going to take, we're going to kick a field goal from this ridge. And I, I, I mean, hey, I respect the fact that, yes, okay, the kicker, he warms up. You're seeing him make these at warm ups. You know, you're confident in him. That's great. But Russell Wilson, who to me is still a top 10 quarterback in this league. I mean, you can start when we talk about all time greats, he's up there on that list as far as top 20. I don't know where he falls, but you're going to take the ball out of his hand. This is like at the end of the end of an NBA game, right? Taking the ball out of your best player's hand. I'm sure that loss won't come back to haunt the Broncos. Not anyway. at all. Oh, no. I mean, they play in an easy division. Gil. And, you know, and, no problem. And I do want to reiterate one thing we said at the beginning. Joe Buck made this point last night afterwards, which is the preseason point. Geno Smith played the entire yeah. preseason. Or, you know, he played in every game in the preseason. The Broncos chose not to play anybody. So all of those penalties, all of the lack of decision-making there at the end and the confusion, again, like that kind of, you have to give a nod to that. You have to also say to yourself, you know what? That was a bad organizational decision by the Broncos because it nipped you in the bud several times with the penalties and then the poor oh, just the, sort of indecision at the, the end. The penalties killed them. Killed and them. Uh, yes, the clock issues that we talked about both, I mean, both with the timeouts and decision-making, but just I don't know how many plays were there. You know, Russell Wilson sitting up there clapping for the ball. Like, you know, we got to snap the ball already, guys. It was uh, it was bizarre. I think the one, the other, one other thing, though, I don't want to let get lost, Gil, is the Broncos, you know, what that game was in the first half versus the second half was com- two completely different two games. Two completely right? different games. What, what happened in the second half was the game that everybody thought you were going to get as far as Broncos domination. They just couldn't put it in the end zone because they kept, you know, turning the ball over, going for it in situations because their backup was up against the wall. I do want to make a point about Geno Smith, though. 
Let's go to that side of it. Yeah, yeah. We should we should give him I, his credit. I want to make a point because Jeff Parlay texted me this. You remember Jeff Parlay? Remember our buddy Jeff Parlay? Yeah, Jeff Parlay. Vaguely. He uh, he texted me in the middle. I think he tweeted even about this. How's how's Geno Smith so good? Like how is this happening? And so, of course, he was asking rhetorically probably when he texted me, but of course I went into a whole dissertation. And I'll give you part of that dissertation right now, which is back in the day, right, before there were these massive rookie contracts and these guys are forced to play immediately, well before they ought to, guys used to be able to hold a clipboard for years. And I'll just use the team that I grew up rooting for, the Washington football team, as just one example. The reason that Mark Rippon ended up being a Super Bowl MVP, the reason that Stan Humphreys ended up being a Super Bowl quarterback with the San Diego Chargers. The reason that Trent Green might have gotten there with the Rams, we'll never know. He got hurt and Kurt Warner did it all. But the reason that those guys ended up being great, I would argue, is because they got to study. They got to hang out on the sidelines and hold a clipboard for all those years. Otherwise... They may never have had the careers. I would argue they would never. I would, I mean, there's no way I can prove it, but I would argue they never could have. Geno Smith has now been in this league for a long time, working with some greats, right? Like he's worked under, like under three Hall of Fame or with three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, chilling on the sidelines and just studying. Yeah, it I mean, shouldn't be that big of a surprise that Geno Smith is a competent NFL quarterback at this point. I mean, you're talking for the past seven seasons. Yes. He, he has been on that sideline studying, like you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm just saying, shout out to Geno Smith. Good job. And uh, the Survivor Carnage continues. We'll do our Survivor talk for week two a little later on. Uh, we'll talk some teasers as well. First, though, some baseball. Paul Spore from Fangraphs again. How many of these awards are still up in the air? I mean, NL Rookie of the Year certainly is. We'll get his thoughts on that. Not much happening pennant race or wild card, except there's one pennant race and one wild card issue in the NL. So we'll get to that as well. All things baseball next, right here on the Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to v Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by v show hosts and guests, 24-7 video, season prep, that includes our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get v Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription. And bet smarter all year long. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, by the way, the updated NFC West odds for the NFC West leading Seattle Seahawks. How about that, Kelly? Screenshot that if you're Seahawks fans. No respect. Screenshot the standings. Just enjoy it while you can. No respect. Nine to one. Still nine to one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about right. Yeah, 9-1. to one. 50 to 1 to win the NFC and 125 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And Jason Weingarten still has that 750 to 1 ticket on Geno to win the M- to win the MVP. Rams still your short shot plus 125. So there's that we should point out. 125 to 1. That should be like 400 to 1. Yeah. I think I'd suit if I I mean if I had to. Of course I wouldn't bet any of these. I get sooner bet the division odds than I would the, the anything else. I mean, what? Right. But you wouldn't bet that either. No. No. All right. Quick reminder again. About 14 minutes from now, Michael Craig from Right Angle Sports is going to join us. This is an official college football release from Right Angle Sports. 
Michael Craig's going to come on here. There's a process to this. He's going to give us the game. He's going to give you the rotation number. He's going to give us what the bet is. But do not run and bet it. You're going to put it in your bet slip. We're going to give you 30 seconds to do that. Then he's going to either tell us go or cancel. And that method is to keep sportsbooks honest because they're very well aware of right angle sports releases. If he says cancel, he's going to give us another game, side or total, rotation number, same, same process. You're going to put it in your bet slip. And then he's going to give us another go or cancel. This could happen once. This could happen twice. It could be a go on the very first one. But that's the process that's going to happen in a little less than 15 minutes here on a numbers game, uh, courtesy of Ed Golden and Michael Craig from Right Angle Sports. So we look forward to that. Paul Sporer joins us now to talk some baseball from Fangraphs, of course, the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, twitch.tv slash Sporer, rocking the birds hat. Love it. How you doing, Paulie? I appreciate that, man. Always regional. Well, Gil. It was for you. It was absolutely for you, and uh, maybe give them a little love here. They gotta get, they gotta get the get going a little bit if they want to get back in this fight. They're they're not gonna get there, are they? I mean, you no. said, I guess this they, is, they it, never were. Yeah, we know that, <laughs> and they never. We were. know that, and they like, be, and they behaved at the trade deadline like they weren't really concerned about it, right? And that's okay. I advocated yeah. for that. There was no like not having Jorge Lopez has not changed the outcome at all. Not having Trey Mancini, I don't believe, has changed their outcome at all. Trading both of them made sense. They were still competitive. If anyone goes and blames it on those moves, I, I think they're they're missing the big picture there. Felix Bautista has been every bit as good, and I don't know exactly who's directly replacing Mancini. Uh, and Mancini is a good hitter for sure, but I don't think whatever he's been doing, take even what he's been doing with Houston, transpose it onto their team. I don't think it would change things. The series against Toronto did it. I mean, losing the doubleheader, it's – I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin there. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I they're think, still I, in it. Like they're not yeah. even done yet, but like, but right. they're not. Well, so I guess that's my question. So here we are, you know, a little more than twenty games out for for every team to to the finish line here of the regular season. And in the American League, do you agree or disagree with this statement? We are not going to have a pennant race of any real drama. Or even a race for that third wild card of any real drama. Like the AL is kind of, we kind of know who's in this, don't we? Do you expect any drama here? Because the problem we, is, again, the Rays play the Jays too many times yes. for the Yankees to really be in trouble. Unless the Jays like win all the games. But yeah, that's right. Um, One of them has you're, to. You're yeah. looking at the White Sox maybe getting to the Guardians. I can definitely still see that. Possibly. It's been hard to quit on their talent. They don't have Tony La Russa, who I still think is their biggest issue. I'm somewhat tongue-in-cheek with that, but I don't think he adds to the team. So, you know, that's a three-game set right there, or a three-game split right there. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's really tough to see anything else. It would take the Orioles surging. It would take a combination of the Jays or the Rays, one of those two teams, dominating the other through through all those games they still have. And then the O is just crushing. But other than that, there's not a lot of excitement here. It's yeah. just shuffling of the of the seeds, really. Shuffling of the seeds. And by the way, the J- the Jays winning that first game, the Yankees would be content with them just alternating wins night by night, absolutely, and just not, not getting anywhere near them. And the Yankees would just have to be mediocre in the process, and they wouldn't gain any ground they're, on them. They're fulfilling that. Yes, yes. They're crushing the mediocre part. <laughs> They've got the mediocre part down. But in the NL, we do have a couple things happening. So obviously, not in the Central, not in the West for the for the division. But the Braves, both teams lost last night. The Mets and the Braves both losing last night. So it remains one and a half, the Braves' mm-hmm. uh, deficit in the NL East. The Braves, you can still get the Braves at plus 200 to win the NL East. Isn't that a good bet? That's a really good bet. I'm, I am 
really surprised by that number. And I'm looking over at their schedule. They've still got three left with, I mean, it's all division for them after these two games with San Francisco, three with Philly at home and three with Washington at home. Then they go to Washington and Philly uh, for four Philly, four, three at Washington, three home against the Mets, and then three at Miami. This is a great setup for the Braves. I, I absolutely still love them at, at plus 200 for the division. Yeah, I guess I guess it's the seven games against the Phillies that makes that price what it is, but like I, I still think they're that's better a good than them. Yeah. Like the Phillies are playing well. I agree. They're better. And then there's the odds to clinch the NL final wild card spot, which you can bet on at William Hill. This is a pretty cool market that they have up here. That is. So... Obviously, this is a three-team race for two positions, right? Mm-hmm. Padres, Phillies, and Brewers. Um, obviously, the, the the three at the bottom there are mathematically alive for the for the third wild card, but highly unlikely. So it's really yeah. a three three-team race for the two. And right now, the uh, the Phillies are the leader in the clubhouse, if you will, for the number two wild card position. That's why they're plus one eighty. The Padres, so the Phillies have fifty two losses. The Padres have fifty four losses. Sixty two and sixty two and sixty four. Pardon me, I rewrite. Sixty two losses for the Phillies plus one eighty. The Padres, who currently inhabit the number three wild card with sixty four losses, even, and the Brewers with sixty six losses, plus two fifty. Is there a bet here? Boy, it's so tough because, you know, you're not trying to get the, the player, uh, the team in the playoffs. You need to be on the three spot there. Right. That's what I don't know. It, yeah, it's very intriguing. And I'm sure there's some studying to be done on the fly. I'm not going to give a full read on it. Um, I would really want to break down the schedules of Phillies, Padres, Brewers. I'm not going to do that right here on air. That's what would would get me there. I'd start mapping things out as to at least a best guesstimate of what I thought. And then I'd make my pick. I love the market. It's a fun market to study. I would definitely jump in, run some numbers to see where I want to land on that. I feel like I've been trying, you know, not quitting the Brewers all year. I'm still in on them. So that's probably where I'd lean initially. But again, I want to take a look at the uh, the schedules of the three teams there before I would do anything. Well, I-, I can help you there. San Diego has okay. the toughest of the three. San Diego okay, that explains. Yeah, they're, they've Go got ahead. three more against the Dodgers, three more against the Cardinals. Two against the Mariners, three against the White Sox. So five thirty collective strength of schedule against the okay. Phillies uh, are five twelve collective win percentage. Three against Houston, seven as we mentioned against the Braves. Two more against the Blue Jays, and then uh, then it's the Brewers who are just a little easier than the than the uh, Phillies remaining. Five eleven against three against the Mets, three against the Yankees, four against the Cardinals to highlight their toughest opponents. So San Diego does have incrementally the toughest of the bunch. And, you know, we've seen them kind of not step up necessarily and really take things on and, and, and be the super team that we kind of thought they were after the deadline. And this, this, uh, this Brewers team just keeps hanging around the offense coming together a bit. Now, no Freddie Peralta is tough because he was part of why I was still back in on them. Uh, now they've lost Ashby, Lauer and Peralta three fifths of the rotation. So it is dicey with them. I totally get it. They still have two aces, though, with Burns and Woodruff, which is better than most teams can say. So even though the other three-fifths of their rotation is uh, up in the air a bit, I, I do like that team. I'm probably looking at them or the uh, or the Padres for that spot then. I think the Phillies are setting up to uh, to maybe be that, that number two spot and, and push one of those two teams, Padres or Brewers, into the three. Okay, uh, Paul, got to run, but let, let's get your favorite bet of the day. Let's get your DFS plays of the day. What do you like? So – 
I'm looking at, uh, speaking of Philly, give me them plus 105. I, I know it's Sandy. I get it. I love Sandy. He's my NL Cy Young pick from beginning of the year, by the way. A little back pat for there myself. There you go. Uh, but Miami, 30th in Woba against uh, lefties this year, uh, in the last 30 days and for the year. Philly, second in Woba against righties over the last 30 days at 343. I think they can hit a lot more. I got to take them as a dog, even though it's uh, even though it's Sandy. I love Bailey Falter. He's been pitching really well. As far as like stacks that I would look at uh, in the DFS realm, I'm probably looking at the Mets stack. Um, I forget exactly which Cub pitcher they're facing today, but it's it's the Cubs. I know they didn't get Javier Assad yesterday, but I would definitely look at them. I think a, a an Orioles stack can be kind of interesting in Nats Park against Corey Abbott. He hasn't been pitching particularly well. And as far as pitchers. Um, I, st- I still like Joe Ryan in case he's the right uh, the right matchup, and he's going to be a little bit cheaper today. So let me get back on the Joe Ryan train again. Back on the Joe Ryan train. All right, Paulie, always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you wearing Nats hats and Orioles hats, man. I appreciate that. I noticed, man. Gotcha. Um, should be fun this home stretch, even though even though the drama is limited. Once that postseason starts, and remember with those wild card rounds, best of threes, that's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Thank you, Paul. At Spore, by the way, S P O R E R on Twitter. We'll come back with that college football release live from Right Angle Sports next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A numbers game on v the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. And if all legs of the parlay hit but one... You'll get your stake back and free bets up to $25. Log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of the offer all season long. Just opt in to the one-game parlay insurance promotion, then place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any Major League Baseball game. And if you miss only one leg on your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawal free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada, New York or Washington, D.C. It is Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin here as well. My pleasure to welcome on the show from Right Angle Sports, 
Michael Craig joining us now. Michael, good morning, sir. Gil, good to see you again. Good to see you too. Now, this is this is very exciting. Now, Adam Chernoff has done a great job with you guys over at Covers when he has done uh, Right Angle Sports releases. Um, so this is not something that hasn't been done elsewhere, but a shout-out to Adam on these, and we'll try to do it as well as he has. And I would just want to set the, the rules here, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. So all numbers game listeners right now, um, Michael is going to give us a rotation number. He's going to give us a bet. Now, do not make the bet. You're going to add the bet to your bet slip. We'll give you about 30 seconds to find it. Again, he'll make it easy by giving the rotation number. Find it and put it in your bet slip. But before you bet it, we'll go back to Michael, and Michael will say either the word go or cancel. This is to keep the sports books honest, once again, because they're very well aware of right angle releases. So we just want to sort of, you know, keep them honest with that. So if Michael says cancel, then we'll do it again. He'll give us another play, either side or total with rotation number. And, he'll, and we'll go through the process again. We'll give you 30 seconds if he says go or cancel. Until he says go, you don't make the bet. Now, this could take one rotation of this, two. He could give us a third. It could happen on the very first one. It could happen on the first one where you get it in your bet slip, and then he says the word go. So, Michael, is that correct from a uh, sort of setup standpoint? You got it, yo. Okay. All right. Wow. I'm glad I did. Okay, Easy Michael. enough. Yeah. Easy enough. All right. So, here, here's the deal. Michael's going to give us a rotation number and the bet. And we're all going to put it in our bet slips before making the bet. The rotation number and the bet is what, Michael? 108, <clears throat> Wyoming plus 17. That's a Friday night game. Friday night college football, <laughs> rotation number 108, Wyoming plus 17. Now, again, you have 30 seconds to find this and put this in your bet slip. Do not make the bet yet until Michael says the word, says cancel. We don't make it at all. If he says the word go, then you make the bet. By the way, I have my spank odds up screen. I want to see this uh, light up like a Christmas tree here, but I'm, I'm finding it with you guys. Do, 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 do. Shoop, do, do, do. Boop, boop, boop. So I'm going to be the person that says cancel or go. You're going to be that guy. Okay. You're going to be that guy. All right. Another have, five seconds here. Kelly, have we, uh, have we given him enough time? Five more seconds? Okay. Yeah, okay, go. <laughs> All right, we're go. ready. Michael, what's the word? Go, go, go. go. Go, 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 he says. Go, Make go, the go. bet. Go, 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 everybody. All right. Got my spank odds up. I'm looking. I'm going to see if, see if this lights up the crystal sheet. We're going to move this line. Let's see what happens here. Wyoming plus 17 on the show here against Air Force on Friday night. Uh, can you give us some reasons while, while, while everybody's making their bets? Yeah. The reasoning sure. behind uh, that bet. Yes. So, you know, Wyoming got spanked in week one against Illinois. Uh, run defense didn't look that great. Air Force has been world beaters, um, uh, beating up on Colorado and northern Iowa. Um, so I, I did upgrade Air Force significantly offensively. Um, I've got them as a very good FBS offense. Uh, Wyoming, um, you know, they lost a, lot of, lost a lot of talent on defense. But, but the reasoning for this play is really – we just can't justify the plus 17 here. Um, like I said, um, you know, even even making adjustments downward for Wyoming, upward for Air Force, um, I still can't justify this at, at more than two touchdowns here. Uh, factor that also factoring into this is uh, Wyoming's got a pretty strong history of stopping the option uh, from last year. 
they, they only allowed 3.3 yards per rush to Air Force last year. They didn't play in 2020. Back in 2019, they allowed 2.9 yards per rush against Air Force. Uh, the other thing in, the, in play here is it's going to be a slow-paced game. Uh, both teams run their offenses very slow. I only project 125 plays here. Uh, back in 2019, they only ran 117 offensive plays. And then last year, only 128 plays. So just from a mathematical standpoint, uh, the 17 just seems like too many to us. Well, if you've been if you've been looking at your odds screen while Michael's been giving that dissertation, uh, you see how this has moved massively. Uh, we see some 14 and a halfs now uh, at some shops. Um, some take it down. Uh, the usual suspects. Some books handle it that way. They take it down. And um, one of the more interesting things about this is you you learn in a process like this which books are slow to move as well, Michael. That's like a really kind of key factor on these, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the the advantage to having a spank us type of service is that is that you can kind of see if you're a subscriber, you kind of watch what's happening, figure out which books are slower to move, and then add those books into your repertoire to to bet these in the future. Yes. Yeah. Well, also multiple uh, books shown at vsin.com as well. We see this. Yeah, but we're seeing four, as low as fourteen and a half now in some spots. Um, this is awesome. So you made a, you guys had a release yesterday as well. Um, that number, I don't believe, is there anymore. But maybe you can give the the pick and the reasoning behind that pick as well. Yeah, we released. Uh, I think it was rotation one twenty five Buffalo plus seventeen over Coastal Carolina. That's mainly a fade of Coastal Carolina. So so they lost a lot of production from from last year. Uh, they really struggled with Gardner Webb, who's a below average FCS team. Um, they won 31 to 27, but they're plus three in turnovers. Uh, just didn't look good overall. Couldn't run the ball at all. Uh, on the other hand, you have Buffalo who who lost in an FCS against an FCS opponent. There was a hail mary to end the game uh, in that in that one against Holy Cross. So it's it's more a fade of Coastal than a play on Buffalo though. Um, so so yeah, we just think Coastal's very down this year relative to what they have been. Uh, the past few years. Uh, so, yeah, that's the reasoning for that one. You guys, and that, one, yeah, that one's uh, 13 and a half, 14. That's another one where I think if you're getting more than two touchdowns, I would think there'd be some money coming the other way if this gets to 13 and a half across the board, which it looks like it might. But uh, I still think there's value in that at, at uh, 14 and a half if you can get that. How, are the, how have the first few weeks of college uh, football gone for you guys? Um, it's been, it's been all right. Um, we we haven't done well on the extra game releases actually, which is surprising because everybody thinks of those as the as the uh, easy stuff, quote unquote. Um, so I think uh, I think in the main releases, I, I know we were ten and six coming into last week. I believe we were five hundred last week across. Uh, we had a lot of releases last week. I don't have the record offhand, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll get back on track with these extra games. Those are moving more than they have in the past, so just just need to adjust and and get those out there. I think um, in a more timely manner, maybe uh, before these bigger line moves are happening. But uh, I think we've we've been really happy with the FBS plays, the FBS versus FBS plays we've put out there. Uh, feel really good about those. So we'll have totals being released today. Um, Probably in the next few hours, uh, as soon as the market's fully mature, which which I believe I believe it is at this point. So, and when I say that, I mean like every off-screen has has numbers up. Uh, we always wait. Uh, it's a it's a service geared towards higher-end betters, professional betters. So, so we want to make sure that want to make sure that all the books and all the off-screens have the odds up before we do release. Which which tends to make things tough because 
Um, and that's when a lot of people go and that's when a lot of the movement starts to happen is, is when, when the market is fully mature. So, you know, sometimes we lose plays and, and luckily we have a, we have, we have, we have a big team. So we actually, we always have a long list of, of things we're looking at and we're always going forth throughout the week, analyzing and, and, uh, you know, looking at things throughout the week, what's stronger, what's not injuries and things like that. All right, Michael, listen, man, I, I really appreciate it. This was fun, uh, it was, and it's fun to see it light up like a Christmas tree for sure. By the way, you can follow Michael on Twitter at MJC257. And, of course, if you want to follow uh, Right Angle Sports in general, uh, Right Angle Sports Twitter, of course, is at RASPix. Is that what it is? Yes. RASPix on Twitter for Right Angle Sports. Michael, thank you. I hope... Uh, Hope Ed and you uh, think this went well. We'll do it again sometime, maybe next week. I don't know. It's up to you guys. All right. All right. Good luck to us. Hopefully it wins. Yeah, that was going to say. In the end, we hope it we hope it wins. One thing to go through this process. The main thing is it gets there. So we uh, we thank Michael Craig and Ed Golden for that. Wyoming, that was pretty cool, huh, Kelly? Oh yeah, very cool. You make very it? Cool. You make the bet? I, I'm in. I'm in. Kelly, yeah. Kelly, who does not make college football bets, with a little college. I mean, football I, bet. I, I I swore it off after Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he's back in, baby. Uh, all right. By the way, your pro tip of the hour here at uh, Visa on a numbers game. Question the veracity of any win probability models you see in football. It ain't baseball, especially when it comes to the NFL, college football. Question the veracity of any win probability models. That's your pro tip for the hour. We, of course, have that one inspired by the fact that no one could agree on what the win probability was of the 64-yarder versus going for it. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20 a day. They're all available, rather, for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. Back to baseball next with Mark Borchard. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 